Hello and welcome to Planet NOLA. My name is Mary Jacobs. I'm the host. Today I am joined by my good old pal Marcel Bolio once again. And this is our continuing special election coverage. Um, this is the first time we've ever Zoomed. Here's Marcel in her John Kennedy shirt. Don't mind me, repping John Kennedy vitriol in Mexico. <laughs> we had to make sure you showed the whole thing at first so it wouldn't seem like you were a fangirl. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes when I realize like I'm either in pictures because I actually like wear this a lot. Um, he's got a little pizza encrusted on his forehead right now, which I yeah, think feels yeah. appropriate too. He deserves trash on his face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like sometimes I'm like, oh wait, no, please notice the Nabra. This is not an endorsement. This is. You should have put a big like um, slash through it, you know, like the classic no smoking thing. Excellent point. <laughs> if he wins and is up again, we'll do that next time. <laughs> a second run, a second run. Um, okay, so if you don't know Marcel, Marcel is the person behind the locally famous Instagram, political commentary Instagram. Would you call it a political commentary Instagram? I would. I don't know, man. You know, like some people like refer to me as a political influencer and that Ooh. doesn't feel right. But also I think it probably is what I am now. I, I feel like, it feels I, right. I like share whatever, uh, whatever, like, you know, what floats my boat. So right. it, most of the time it's obviously politics, but sometimes it's just other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think most people know who you are, especially if they're listening to this podcast, there's chances are they're already following you. And if they're not, if you've never seen Louisiana bra content, you probably have. Like, pink. like if you've ever seen anything with like a weird salmon-y pink in it, that's me. Absolutely. So Marcel and I were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this upcoming election, just a casual conversation. We're going to go over some of the big points, um, some of the big Very candidates. Casual. Very casual, super casual. <laughs> um, we're going to go over the big candidates who's running, um, what we think. And yeah, we're just going to have a conversation about it. Okay, so I want to talk about first what you wrote on your Substack about the two viral campaign ads. So two campaign ads went viral, like pretty much back to back. Katie Darling, who's running for Louisiana's first congressional district against Steve Cleese. Correct. <laughs> we got that. And the first congressional district is most of New Orleans' suburb and like a very tiny sliver of New Orleans itself. Right. So a lot of Jefferson Parish. A whole lot of JP, baby. And um, then also went viral at the same time was called Crackhead, which I think everyone knows. And if you don't know, were you under a rock two weeks ago? I don't know. I mean, yeah. So that was John, this guy, you know, he's like king of coming up with these really bullshit sayings and like, which is, I think is his way of actually saying nothing at all. And yeah. So, right. And so he put out this uh, ad saying, if you've got a problem with the police, then you need next time you're in trouble, call crackhead, you know, right. which doesn't like, there's no logic behind it. It's, well, it's, it's obviously there to just like ignite people to like get people angry. Like, yeah, I love cops. And I don't like it when people say that. And it's obviously just clickbait. It's clickbait. He's very Trumpian in this way. Like he, he thinks that he's very clever and that he's got these like, oh, I'm really gonna get him. But instead what he did is he made all of Louisiana look like idiots. 
That's what he did. Right. He motivates purely on fear. Purely. Right. And, and that's what he does. So, you know, he wants us to believe that, you know, defunding the police would end in complete anarchy and chaos and what each, each person for themselves, which is not the case. Yeah, that's not exactly what the movement's about, dude. And um, you should and that all know that. Right. But yeah. he about that all he cares about is what doesn't care and 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 not only did it go viral but it went viral in my opinion in a really bad way and I think you agree with this where it's like mostly it wasn't his party sharing it it was a lot of liberals from other places being like what a joke Louisiana is that they have this kind of political ad at all and yeah I understand why people are saying that it's it was a really outrageous and unnecessary and what does it do for his political campaign except ignite a bunch of shitstorm virality you know like why do it if not for clickbait and now our state looks stupid and we but don't you think that's kind of what he wants right like he's a populist kind of politician and populism works best in ignorance does it not and so if he perpetuates this stereotype of louisiana as backwards and ignorant well then that works for him because he can only rule (laughs) over a populace that would be perceived or is tricked into thinking that they are backwards and ignorant because we are not backwards and we are not ignorant, but he plays on all these different emotions that tricks people into, you know, these tunnels that otherwise they wouldn't go into, I don't believe, you know? No, I don't think so at all. I'm not saying that there aren't any true John Kennedy believers in Louisiana, right? Like, obviously there are, the guy came from somewhere, but he actually came from the Democratic Party, you know? I know, oh my God, I did not know that until I read your piece, but he used to be a Democrat. And not only did he used to be a Democrat, but he never had an accent before he became a Republican. When he became a Republican, he suddenly got this like thick Southern, not even Louisiana sounding accent. No, what do people compare him to that rooster? What's the name of that rooster? That um, rooster? What's his name? Oh my God, that's what everybody calls him. Colonel, wait. Yeah, Colonel some, right? Yeah, it's like that crazy rooster. Um, Foghorn Leghorn? Foghorn Leghorn. I Is that the name of him? That's the name of the rooster. You know, the big tall rooster, it talks like that. Like what? I mean, I can't even do it. It's so un-Louisiana that I can't <laughs> even, like approximate the accent that he has now. But yeah, like I, I think that he just like took the, the, the prototype of this rooster he modeled his accent after a cartoon rooster i mean honestly what him and steve scalise do is not very different right they read the polls they they like put out polling they test catchphrases they test you know what's going to be most popular like what's going to be the most red of the red meat that they could possibly feed the base and then they go off of that you know i mean i talk about that in the newsletter that you're talking about which was uh what was it called viral yet still invisible you know it's my from my lately in louisiana series when i talk about current events that are going on and so it's just it's it's in a you know one is pseudo respectable scalise right because he's not around saying dumb shit like i'd rather drink weed killer but he says the equivalent of that in like you know polite polite speak you know he's more like political in the nuancey way where they don't always say exactly what they mean they find a way to say it in like a dance around it kind of way right or like he'll not even dance around it but just in a what more like quote-unquote respectable way he doesn't need all the bullshit and the bells and whistles that john kennedy uses because he has you know real power but 
you know, he does the same thing. Like there is that story about how in the the immediate aftermath of January 6th, I mean, we've seen a lot of bullshit from Steve Scalise recently. Like recently we saw, we've seen him since January 6th calling out Nancy Pelosi for not calling in the National Guard. And then this video came out in the January 6th commission hearing a couple of weeks ago that literally it has video footage of him standing directly next to Nancy Pelosi on January 6th as she's calling for reinforcements from the National Guard. Like standing literally right next to her. But, you know, he looks at the polling and he says, well, no, I can't possibly give her her kudos for like actually doing something right. So he has to follow the polling. And also there's another story that the New York Times put out that said in a private conversation, uh, he, I forget exactly what he said, but it, it was something along the lines of admitted privately that they're, oh, I don't, I want to say this right. Cause I, I don't want to, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, pull it up. Isn't it nice we're doing this on Zoom? We can just research. Isn't it amazing? So, oh yeah. So in the aftermath of January 6th, there was a supposedly a private conversation where he said it was possibly time for the GOP to contemplate a post-Trump Republican House, right? But then when it was reported that he said that, he totally took it back and said, no, I didn't say it after he looked at the polls and realized, oh, wait, people didn't stay as pissed about January 6th as I thought they were going to stay. So I'm going to like pedal that on back and say that I never even said in the first point, in the first part, and then double down and put out a statement saying that he remains as close a friend of President Trump and knows our country would not be facing all these economic and border crises if he were still president. Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> On the border crisis. He just is plugging in buzzwords Buzz to word. get people, like you said, leaning with this fear. It's never about like what we're going to do to push us forward. It's all about like who's attacking us and who is wrong. Call, call crackhead if you hate cops, not like any real policy or platform. It's, it's completely clickbait. It's, it's just like, right. it's kind of like the Trumpian entire thing that he invented in politics and like these louisiana conservatives are like yes we want to right. be just like him. well it's defining like an ideology or an identity based on the other right like mm -hmm. so instead of like being inclusive it's exclusive it's saying we are not that we are not that we do not want them in so this is who we are based on their exclusion yeah. you know and i feel like that's a lot of what the republican platform is about you know, and it's also what makes them win easier, right? Because they have this like very homogenous base that is not very diverse. So it's easier for them to like rally behind. Okay, these are our talking points. These are our candidates. Everybody fall in line. Whereas the Democratic Party is a lot more diverse, has a lot of different, you know, factions underneath one umbrella, which is why you see a yeah. struggle. We're going to talk about that. There's like a lot of different kinds of Democrats in Louisiana, which we already know, but it's when elections come around, you really feel it. You really see all the range of our Democratic Party here and yeah. what kind of candidates we get. Now, I would say this election, I wonder if you agree. I feel like we have way more progressive candidates, like actual very progressive Democrats this time than I think ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I think there's, I think we're getting more attention and maybe it has something to do with social media, you know, and maybe it has something to do with these ads that are going viral. And like, we can't really talk about viral campaign ads without talking about Gary Chambers Jr. I, oh, yeah. you know, kicked off his whole campaign with smoking a blunt and burning the Confederate flag, which who the fuck does that? You know what I mean? Like that's 
you know, pretty badass that you're going to like start your campaign that way. And so I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that politics is changing because of social media or or the demographics of Louisiana. I think it's I think it's this generation coming into their political age. Mm hmm. Like I, I am someone who is, I'm in my thirties and I am now 1000% more political than I've ever been in my entire life. And I feel like my generation and you're a little, you're in my generation, you're a little bit old, but I think it's our generation, right? So I think a couple of weeks, wait, what? I'm 39. I'll be 40 in a couple of weeks. So that makes you like an elder millennial, right? Sorry that I called you elder. Yeah, you did that the very first night I met you too. You, and look at us now. We're still friends. You're like, what are you doing here? You're old. <laughs> I did not say that to one you. Of, one of you did. Somebody was like, how old are you? I was like, at the time, I think I was like 38 or 37. And they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> that is not, I did. That was not me. You're the God. Swear to God that happened. Well, I was there with my best guy friend who is 40. So I don't think that it was me. It wasn't you. It was somebody. Honestly, I found it very endearing. I, it did not because <laughs> you were they, whoever, it was kind of right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm still here. Still here. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> well, back to my point is that our generation is, no, it's okay. Our, our generation is coming of like political age and the people have been politically active their whole lives. I'm not saying like you're 32 suddenly become the most politically active, but I am seeing people. I just also think this is like the age where we all have more time. You know, most of us are settling into our careers, our families and stuff. So we're really like in our tracks, like, whereas in our twenties, we're all chaotic. So as this generation comes of age and starts running for office, we know how to use social media and we understand the benefits of it. So I don't know if it's, that social media is shaping politics or if this generation knows how to use this tool that all these archaic politicians don't utilize in a way that they really, really absolutely should. This week, um, so it will be last week by the time this episode comes out, is Mandy Landry. And we talk about that a lot on her episode. She's She runs her own social media and it is so rare for a political candidate to do that. And you can tell the difference yeah. when someone is really themselves. And the issue, the reason why some people do not collect, connect with politics is because we don't believe them. They're all full of it. But if they're on IG Live every Friday answering questions, you can sit there and be like, you said this thing and now you're doing this thing. And it's right. like, there's this accountability with social media that we, I never experienced before. It was a lot harder to be political before social media started becoming pervasive as a way to learn candidates and be a candidate, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's the whole reason I started Louisiana Bra, which started as you can ring my bell, because that was in October of 2019, which wasn't that long ago, but three yeah. years ago, right? And when I started it, nothing was on social media. Like, mm -hmm. Be the reason the whole reason I started is because Eddie Rasponi was running against John Bell Edwards. Eddie Rasponi, Baloney Rasponi, was a mini Trump, but all of his ads were on cable. And then he won the primary by a hundred thousand votes. And I was like, oh fuck, people my age aren't seeing what he's saying because it's not on social media. So I'm gonna just put it on social media. So that's how far we've come in three years. It literally was not on social media three years ago. Right. I that is why I started my account because people weren't seeing enough of it. And when I started it, you know, not to whatever, there weren't that many political meme accounts. 
that talked about politics in a way that was real and direct because that's what pissed me off too. I was like, I'm so sick of all these empty words. I just want somebody to talk to me and be real with me. And you know, it's okay for me to say, look, I'm pissed at John Bell for signing that abortion, that uh, this the the fetal heartbeat bill ban, the the fetal heartbeat bill. I'm yeah, pissed yeah, at yeah. But that does, but, but I also can recognize this, this and that about him. Like there was no nuance before because it all had to be all good or all bad because it was all this like very polished political right. messaging. And I'm glad that we're moving past that. But I mean, that's just in the last three years. I mean, I really no. do think social media has drastically changed. I mean, look at what Obama did when he ran for president. I mean, he was really on the cutting edge of it, mm -hmm. you know, however long ago, I can't do math on demand, but like that was a lot longer than three years ago. And he revolutionized the way that that president, that presidential campaigns are run. And I think it took longer to like filter down to local elections and local representatives at the state level yeah. and the municipal level. But I think it's finally coming. And I think you're right. I think people are like done with like bullshit messaging. They can just see right through it. It's just a bunch of empty words. You well, I watched this, um, I don't know, it was a meeting. I think the Alliance for Affordable Energy hosted it to interview the candidates that are running for public service commission, which is also, I had Devante Lewis on the podcast. He's running for um, public service. Yeah, I love Devante. And so I, I zoom, you know, I love everybody goes live for everything now. So like, if you want to be more politically active, all you need to do is follow these local political orgs that are going live at city council meetings and these like watchdog kind of meetings. Like, so they had every person who was running for the PSC on a panel. And I just watched on Instagram live literally while I was working and I got to hear the incumbent, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Boissier? No. Yeah, Boissier, Lambert Boissier. Okay. Uh, am I saying that right? Um, I got to listen to him say, like, they were like, will you stop taking money from Entergy, the company you're supposed to regulate? And I got to listen to him say, it's allowed. I'm allowed to take money from them. And all the other candidates are saying, we aren't taking money from them on purpose as like a gesture to show that we are going to be unbiased in this race. Can you say the same? And his response was just this political backtalk of like, well, it, the regulations allow me to do it, basically. And he says it in this political BS way. And it's like me watching him do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm mad. Like, I am mad that you said that, are doing that, and you will just not even acknowledge that it is problematic. Right. You are allowed to take money from Intergy, and you are supposed to be regulating Intergy. And right. I wouldn't have been able to watch that if they hadn't live streamed it on social media. Right. And now I have all the feelings about Boissier, you know? <laughs> <laughs> watch out Wasia. i'm pissed <laughs> if you're like me and you don't ever want to leave your house but you also want to be politically active i highly recommend <laughs> following people that go live at important things like city council meetings and these meetings because i can and they they take questions too the people live will be like submit your questions so i could like write my little questions in the thing and they'll ask them and I'm, I want to talk about that, too, because a lot of people ask me for a voting guide, which I'm working on. I'm hopefully going to get it out in the next couple of days. But, you know, what I do and I, I can't there's no way in a million years I can hit all the races. Right. Like I hit the big ones and I also don't endorse. So I really just share resources for how to find out about people. But literally all I'm doing is like I have a few like tried and true 
places. Here's my dog. Um, I have a few like, tried and true resources, right, that I always go to that I trust. But really, all I'm doing is like stalking them a little bit. And any, right. everybody, literally everybody now knows how to internet stalk. You, exactly. find their, you find their campaign website, you read what they have to say, you go to their Facebook. A lot of times they're more active on Facebook just because older voters are more on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they want to put a lot of their stuff. And then you go to their Instagram, you go to their Twitter, you just see what they're about. Like you see what, they, what, what how you feel, how do you react from them? You know, where do they stand on the things that are important to you? What are the things that are important to you? you know? And there's lots of resources, like for example, the Power Coalition, which we were talking about earlier today, they send all these candidates this survey of questions and they're invited to answer them. And you can see, first of all, which candidates respond and which ones don't, which I really appreciate. And not only that, they're asking them really straightforward questions. Here are some of the questions. Do you support the abolition of the death penalty? Would you decriminalize sex work? Do you support the, the, the decriminalizing sex work? Do you support Medicaid for all? And then not only do that, they say, they say things like, um, <clears throat> do you think that the 50 year war on drugs was a success or failure and why? Right. So, Follow up. Tell us why. Use your words. So I get to read what these people are saying about the war on drugs and what their take is. And it is important for me to know that this candidate actually understands it, you know, and it's so wild because they can just say yes, no. Like, for example, do you think youth who commit crime should be treated as adults? Yes or no. And then there it is in black and white if right. they think that. And I know what aligns with my political beliefs. So there's so many resources now. And I'm just like ecstatic. I am Marcel, I don't know how you feel, but I am so excited to see how this election goes because so much of it has been run on social media for these candidates. And I'm like dying in a new way. Like we just said, like it's really kicked off this year, like really kicked off all these viral campaigns. Like I am so curious to see what happens at the polls. I I'm, I mean, my fingers are crossed, but ah, I'm like ready. I'm ready for people to be able to have access and to understand how they can be more politically active, how they can understand the candidates. I know, I really, you, you got me thinking about how I can make it more engaging for people and how I can really get them to look into these people because um, it's so important. I mean, you have to feel invested in order to care about something. And for so long, I mean, that's, whole, that's like the whole point of voter suppression is to make people feel like their vote doesn't count. And, and it works a lot. It works. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's like basic human psychology. If somebody tells you enough times that you don't count and you don't matter, well, you start to believe it, you internalize it, you know, and then we don't get anywhere. And so I'm really hoping that, I mean, look, John Kennedy's a beast to beat. He's got so much money. I mean, he's got so much national support. It would be like a small miracle, not a small miracle, a large miracle if we could unseat this guy, mm -hmm. you know? But even if, like, I, I want people to understand this, like changes, like big C changes take time, you know? And even if he does win, you know, if our like voter participation goes up, if we can force him into a runoff. That's oh, that's what I want. Huge. Like, let's and all we have to do to force him into a runoff is he can't at the primary get over 50% of the vote. Exactly. Exactly. So and I think there's a chance that between Luke Mixon and Gary Chambers, Kennedy does not get 50% of this vote. I think that there's a definite chance. I think that we can definitely do that. So, so do you want me to go into this right now? Well, we need to take a quick break. So why don't we take a quick break? And then when we get back, we'll really get into the meat of who's running for what and just some more thoughts. Sound good? Sounds good. We'll be right back. Bye.
Hello, it's your host, Mary Jacobs. I'm sitting here with my producer, Carrie Mulder, and we are so excited to be bringing you Planet NOLA this episode and every episode. We really believe in this podcast Mm -hmm. and the work it's doing in New Orleans to build community, to reach out to people, um, and we really love what we do. Yeah, we love our guests, we love our audience, our listeners, we love each other. It's just a big love fest. So if you love this podcast and you believe in what we're doing, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing to our Patreon. We've just launched it. The lowest tier is $5. Mm-hmm. And we are just really trying to get this podcast to pay for itself a little bit, mm-hmm. um, maybe support ourselves just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're both creative people who have a lot of projects. And this is a big one in our lives. I and mean, there is bonus content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It takes a deep dive into the episode, kind of circle back to some of the topics. They've been fun. Yeah, Super we record with the guests as soon as we're done their episode and do a more candid version of their podcast Mm. it's shorter but it's more self-effacing and it feels like just real real yeah it's it's bts behind the scenes it's the bts so if you want more planet nola content you could subscribe to our patreon and Mm -hmm. get it it would mean so much to us so okay Mm -hmm. we'll let you go back to your episode now but please consider thank you bye This episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness. Vitality is a functional training gym located in Metairie, Louisiana. And at Vitality, we focus on members as individuals. That's right. We don't want people together. We don't assume that everybody has the same goals when they step into our gym. We also don't push things like body ideals or diet culture. We try to focus on the full person and we try to give an experience that matches that. We've got incredible coaches. We've got an incredible community. And if you're looking for a place to call your new gym home, consider checking us out. We offer a three free class trial. That's right. Literally no commitment. You can try three of our classes in a week to see if our gym is for you because ultimately we want people who want to be there. And if it sounds like this might be the space for you, please consider checking us out. You can go to vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact button and get started. And we're back to Planet NOLA. We were just getting into the jungle primary conversation, which just basically means that Kennedy, who I personally would like to see out of office, just needs to get under 50% to be gone to a runoff for this race, which like we were just saying, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And I know that you're like, he's got so much money. I actually looked it up the other day. Like his latest account is like 25 million. And then like chambers underneath him has like one point something million. It's still a ton of money, but it's just like. It sure is. It sure is. Kennedy is a darling of, you know, of the extreme right movement. I mean, he's one of the sedition six. He's one of the six senators who voted against certifying the the election results. Um, And so he's got the support that he has or the people that support that, that, that still believe in this, the big lie, right? That Biden actually won. election i mean that's that's where his money's coming from so embarrassing it's really embarrassing that that person represents our state it's really embarrassing it's really embarrassing because he's he's a lot smarter than what he puts out and i mean it's 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 terrible because it it gives us a bad rap and louisiana deserves a lot better than him and so we have a jungle primary which means that if one any one of the candidates gets more than 50%, like 50.1% of the vote, they went out right. However, if none of the candidates get 50% plus one, then the, the two candidates with the top amount of votes go to a runoff. It doesn't matter if they're from the same party. It doesn't matter anything like that. All that matters is who got the most votes. So out of the two, say, you know, I don't know, 
Gary Chambers and Kennedy. Say Gary Chambers gets like, you know, 25% of the vote and, and Kennedy gets like 47% of the vote. These are like completely hypothetical numbers. Right. I have seen no polling data. Me I am neither. not that much of an insider, okay? No, no. This is just like complete pulling out, out of the air. Ass. So say, you know, whatever that happens, then Chambers and Kennedy would go into a runoff. Now, Whoever goes into the runoff with Kennedy, this is what we need to talk about here, right? Because there's a lot of opinions about who should go up against Kennedy, right? Because you've got three endorsed candidates from the Louisiana Democratic Party. You've got Sarita Stieb, you've got Gary Chambers Jr., and you've got Luke Mixon. And so they all represent, they're all in different, like, points of this arc of the Louisiana Democratic Party, right? And so you definitely would see Luke Mixon more on the conservative end and Gary Chambers more on the progressive end. And we have more conservative Democrats and we have more progressive Democrats in Louisiana. And so they really are showing, you know, what we have, what we're working with here. And so a lot of people are going to get into this age old uh debate about electability right we saw it with biden and sanders we see it all the time where people start opining about well this guy can't win you know uh mm -hmm. the state of louisiana or the country and so we need to like that's who i would really want but i really we're gonna like this guy because he's Ugh. got a better chance and blah, blah 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 and doing all these like political gymnastics that's not necessary in my opinion may be unpopular and may be irresponsible as a political you know in like influencer or whatever you want to call me i think the whole reason we have a primary system is you go out you vote your candidate you vote your conscious and right. then we see where we stand and that's where the population stands and then if we can force them into a runoff well then that's when you've got to just get behind together and get behind the democratic candidate because he might not be the guy or the woman that you wanted, but anything, literally, a fucking turd is better yeah. than I this. Think we, I think we should elect your senior dog. My senior dog with like the lumps all over. He's got like lipomas everywhere. <laughs> he falls all the time. It's, but he's happy. Um, this dog would like, be a better leader than Kennedy. This dog. Who so literally cute. eats iguana shit all day every oh, day. Oh no. Oh, he does. Um, but, you know, it's like what we saw in 2016, right? We had the same divide between Hillary Clinton and, and Barry. Bernie Sanders. I was about to say, oh my God, because I think of Larry David every time I think of Bernie Me Sanders. too. Larry Sanders. <laughs> That's how my brain works. So, you, you know, Wait, I already forgot his name again. Oh my God, Bernie Sanders. So he had the same electability. I know that's, it's where my brain is today. So we had the same electability conflict between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Well, Hillary Clinton won the nomination and then all the Bernie bros, not all of them. I, I'm sorry, I still get like, I still like get really pissed at the Bernie bros who didn't, who didn't turn out in 2016 because they were pissed that Bernie didn't get the nomination. And look at where that brought us, guys. Yeah. And so... I say vote for whoever you want, man. If Louisiana is ready for someone like Gary Chambers, like fucking bring it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like all you can do 
as a person, as an individual voter, is do your research and then vote your conscience and vote your candidate. And then once you do that, then you see where you are. And then you say, okay, that's when you have to be pragmatic, right? right. Like, because what's better, like sitting, sitting out and letting, like, letting this guy just like sail through? No, we didn't do it twice with John Bell. You know, we reelected him as governor twice. He's in his second term as governor. And as pissed as a lot of like, particularly New Orleans progressives were at John Bell, they still decided we've got to band together and be pragmatic on this. And because of that, a lot of people did not die during COVID. Right. Lord knows what Eddie Rasponi would have done or would not right. have done. Yeah, you know? it would have been a mess. I'm all about like, radical change and bringing it on and doing what you can to get there. But then once you do everything you can to get there, and then once that's no longer an option, well, then let's figure out what we need to do to get to the next step, because everything is going to move us forward. I think about how you pass a bill in the legislature and like the general, I think I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure I've heard this a few times. Rule of thumb is that you have to bring a bill three times before it passes, right? The first time you're introducing it, you're getting people used to the idea. The second time you're generating more of a dialogue around it. You're putting people on the record, right? You're forcing them to say what they do and do not believe on the record. And then the third time, maybe you have a shot at getting it through, you know, right. like, these changes are long and hard and they take time. And I'm not saying that's an excuse to settle. I think like go hard, like go hard for exactly what you want. But at the end of the day, whoever gets in a runoff, if somebody gets on the runoff with John Kennedy, then we need to band together and push them over the line. Get that person elected. Get that person over the line. Yeah. That's, I, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it as well. I'm right there with you. Um, we've got a lot of other elections. We've got the Steve Scalise, Katie Darling. There's also a third person in that district that does not excite me. Um, Katie Darling seems to be running like a very progressive platform as well. She seems to be like, she's checking all the boxes for the really progressive Democrats, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, she, so in her, she like literally gave birth in a campaign video. I know we didn't even really talk about her viral video because we were so busy bitching about Kennedy. But yeah, she went viral. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's so funny is I showed my nine year old nephew that today. <laughs> yeah, I showed it to him and I was explaining to him. Uh, I was explaining to him the Louisiana political landscape. So <laughs> where babies come from a farm. No, 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 he didn't. Now he's he's already pretty in tune, you know, but I was like, why do you think I said, after he watched it, I was like, Bubba, why do you think this ad went viral? He knows what viral means too. And he was like, well, it was really sweet and kind of sad. Oh. And it was really sad because she does, she goes hard out the gate, talks about climate change. She's like really pushing. And then I explained to him it was because she gave birth on camera and he goes, oh, that makes sense. You got to go hard to give birth. Do you yeah. not? I've never given birth, so I don't really know. But it's my general idea that you probably have to go pretty hard. But yeah, yeah. like her, her campaign, her issues are reproductive freedom, storm mitigation. What else does she talk about? She talks about climate change, which like that is not something that you hear often. She talks about education a lot. Like you don't often hear even Louisiana Democrats like flat out say, you know, pro-abortion and I believe in climate change. Right, right. 
And she also like, she checks all the boxes for the power coalition. She wants to decriminalize sex work. She wants to abolish the death penalty. Um, She believes in Medicaid for all. She doesn't want to try kids as adults. Um, And she gives really good explanations as to why these are her beliefs. So I really do believe that these are her beliefs. Um, So yeah, I mean, generally I'm not in her district, so I can't vote for her, but generally like her or Steve Scalise, it's like, seems like a pretty obvious choice to me. Right, right. Um, Who else do we have? He does want to raise the minimum wage to 15, which is too low nowadays. So Katie Darling wants to raise the minimum wage to 15? Yes. Jeez, man. What what's what's so about? weird is that this is what's weird about this question to me on the Power Coalition. They said, do you favor raising the federal minimum wage? She said, yes. And then it says, if yes, what would you raise it to immediately? If you could just say a number, why would you say 15? Like, why not say 20? Like, also- Because she doesn't me. want to alienate. Look, <sighs> any, anybody who wins in Louisiana has to win by coalition period yeah. from, like and so she's probably cognizant of that she's also in saint tammany like right so don't forget that that's true that's true i guess when i see it i'm like this is a coward move it should be at least 35 <laughs> <laughs> well it's all you know 15 is not a living wage anymore this fight has been going on so long that it's not even close wow. to a living wage in any place like no. Especially not in New Orleans, which is my frame of reference. So I apologize to all of your listeners who are not in New Orleans. I know that New Orleans is not all of Louisiana. I'm very well. Confident. Last I heard in New Orleans, the the cost of living was seventeen. Like the the minimum was seventeen, but that was like two years ago. I'm sure it's more now. If you want to have a, a rich living with mm-hmm. rising housing costs, like there's no way there's not. It's not higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, it talks a little bit about the public service commission. And if people listen to the Devante Lewis episode, they'll learn a lot about that. But I, like I said, I am really unhappy with the incumbent Boissier and he didn't even fill out the power coalitions form. It's like, and honestly, when I watched that guy talk in that meeting, I told you, I watched on Instagram live, he was so angry. He was like angry that he was there. He was angry that he was being questioned. He, everything he said was very defensive. Nothing he said was like proactive. Nothing he said made me feel like, oh, I should vote for this great leader. I felt very like, it was like my parents yelling at me. That was like the vibe of Boissier. And I'm like, oh, because you've got these really progressive people that are running against you, calling you out for your corrupt behavior. And you can't call it corrupt because it's allowed. It's allowed, he can take $75,000 from Intergy, even though he's definitely regulating them. So it's not corrupt because it's allowed, but he's mad. He's mad that these people are calling him out. So watching that really taught me a lot. So I know I have a lot of strong feelings about the Public Service Commission now. (laughs) You know what I'm really glad about? Um, I am really happy that I feel like people are talking and I think the fact that all these people are running for it, Devante in particular has been like really involved for years and years. He was with the Louisiana Budget Project earlier, yes. previously. I think and he still is, right? I don't, oh yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. talk about it, yeah. Edit that out. But, you know, I think that it's so important because infrastructure is such a big deal in Louisiana, and especially in the aftermath of Ida and everything that we saw. I think it's really great that people are now actually starting to talk about okay, who actually regulates this? Because Helena Morena can't do it all, right? Like she can't be like the only regulator for for energy. Like we have other elected officials that are also supposed to do that. And yeah. so 
I'm really glad that people are paying attention because it's such an unsexy thing. Public service commissioner, what? Like, I know. Like who, who wants to talk about that? You know, <laughs> here we are talking about it. And because so it's super important. And before I like talk to Devante, I didn't even fully understand it. You know, I had a real cursory, basic understanding of it. And I had to do a ton of research for that episode. But once I did, I was like, oh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know this before. And I want to tell everyone about it. And I want everyone to understand these quote unquote, smaller seats are not small. They are huge. There's a reason why the public elects them. Like, this is what I, I am like connecting the dots at like now becoming more political. It's like, oh, there's this like myth. And I think it's part of voter suppression that like some of these elections, they're not that big of a deal. They're not important. People don't go vote in these elections. Yeah, they don't want us to realize like, no, this one really matters, you know? So that is part of voter suppression. And I am like educating myself. I'm that's why Carrie and I were like, let's do this special election coverage. Let's try to just get in some information. You know, even if like 50 people get information from this and it helps them with voting, like to me, I'm like, worth it. Yeah. No, and there's a saying all politics is local right i mean mm -hmm. it really is good it boils down like from the country to the state to the city to the neighborhood to literally your block you know and and that's where we really need to step up is on the local level and that's that's why i mean i stick to state politics i try not to delve too much into national just because it's just i'm only one person and I don't yeah. yeah but I think that local politics is really, truly very important. And so I'm just really glad. Thank you for bringing this awareness to these races, to these like unsexy small races, because they do have a lot. They impact our lives. There is a reason why we, the people vote on these offices, because exactly. we need to be literally represented by these people. They are exactly. representing us in capacities that are affecting our everyday life, specifically the Public Service Commission in Louisiana. Are you kidding me? Like the stuff they do, like they regulate phone calls at prisons. Oh, who has the number one prison population in the nation? Oh, last I checked, it was us. Like, obviously we need to talk about these elections and right. I'm just fingers crossed more and more people are going to be getting, because of social media, getting access to this information in accessible and like easy to digest and understand ways. Yeah. This podcast, hopefully being one of them. Okay, wait. So I also wanted to talk about Tia Lebrun. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So let's get back to Tia Lebrun. I actually um, emailed her to be on the podcast. She did not get back to me. Yeah, <laughs> she, did, she did not get back to me. Like a tiny bit busy, I suppose. <laughs> no, busy schmizzy. Okay, so she is running for the U.S. House of Representatives in District Three, like kind of Lafayette, huh? Uh, yeah. So where is District Three? Yeah. So she's running against the worst of the worst, which I mean, that's hard to say, right? Because there are so many worst of the worst in Louisiana. Is it Clay Higgins? Clay Higgins. Clay is like, like entrenched in conspiracy, right? Like Ugh. that he like his currency is conspiracy. And really? so he's like truly like really very bad. Um, so she is running against him and she was born and raised in Terrebonne Parish as a member of the United Home and Nation, which is really cool. Oh, so cool. 
I believe she is a former teacher. She is, yes. Mm -hmm. And she's running on a lot of platforms about education and education access and fixing schools. Um, she really does seem like, she seems like such a badass. Yeah, yeah, I really like her and I hope that she gets some sort of traction there. So what I like about Tia is the platform she's running on. She seems like one of the most progressive people in her entire race. Um, and yeah, the, her being raised in the home and nation, do we have any native? I don't know. In Louisiana? I can't, I can't say for sure. I really don't Me know. Neither. Me neither. Excellent question. It's an excellent um, question. And maybe we do, but we could always use more. It would just be a real shame. I mean, Clay is just like, he's just so bad. Clay Higgins. Right. I mean, it would just be a real shame to like send him sailing through. I mean, I, you know, it's a tough district it's a pretty conservative district mm -hmm. um but you know louisiana voters usually do whatever they want to do mm -hmm. and we've been pretty idiosyncratic in the past and so you know a lot of times people will look at someone like clay higgins and be like this guy's a he's bogus he's know? a coop yeah a so i i'm i'm a big fan of tia also and i'm i like i think her campaign is really interesting okay so let's talk about mandy and royce duplessis this is a difficult one because they're they both. are both amazing. They are both um, Democrats from the New Orleans area who are running for state Senate. They're both currently state representatives. They're running for state Senate to fill in Karen Carter Peterson's seat, who resigned. Um, so they're both great, right? Like they both have, they're different, obviously. You know, it, Royce has, has been in the legislature longer um he is on um what's the committee that does redistricting house and governmental affairs um which he was super instrumental in like holding the line and redistricting which was really important um mandy is newer she took over from walt leger um and you know is like first and foremost on a lot of like reproductive rights right yeah um, and so they both bring different things to the table and uh, you know it's hard i can't like i really like i don't even know what to say because their platforms like cross over for me i like mandy a lot because she's a woman <laughs> and i just want more women we have no we, i think there's five women in the state senate right and none of them are pro-choice right. so i would be very well, excited yeah, not all of them are women. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's something to be said too. I mean, representation for for a black man and for a woman is yes, absolutely. You know? and so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Again, I haven't seen the polling, um, but I would suggest that you go and look at their their platforms. They are very similar, and so similar. You know, all you can do is just go in your gut on that one. Absolutely. I'm in the second congressional district, which means I got Troy Carter or Dan Lux, and one's a Republican and one's a Democrat. So I'm obviously just staying. Well, with Troy, Troy Carter. was also a state senator. He was also a New Orleans councilman. He um, is doing. He took over for Cedric Richmond. He won that race against mainly well Karen Carter Peterson and also Gary Chambers had run for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so he's doing an awesome job like let's keep him in that seat there's no reason he should not keep that seat like Jordan i think Thompson, he will oh, for sure I, I yeah i mean he's done a great job and and he's killing it 
Um, there's also this race with Jeremy Lacombe in Senate District 17. I believe it's a special, I, I forget who he's taken over, but- Oh, I think I saw that. It's a special election, right? Like somebody- Yeah, Rick Ward, I believe, stepped down. Um, let me double check that. But the, good, the thing about this race that's interesting is um, it's an opportunity to flip the seat. Right. So, which is huge because we need that. We need all the help that we can Let's get. Let's flip the seat. Flip it. I don't know uh, much about that one. And you know what else I don't know much about at all that I really need to do the research on? And I'm kind of just waiting for voter guides for are the judges. The all judges the judge are hard. I mean, because that, like, particularly in New Orleans, are all Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, and not, and I'm not even, and I don't say that as in, like, I think that everybody should should vote based purely on party affiliation, because I don't believe that, you know? Right. But it's but in it's, the, but in the case of like the Troy Carter situation, it's Troy right. Carter and 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 Dan Lux. One's a Democrat, one's a Republican. In New Orleans, who do you think is going to win? It's going to be an obvious landslide for the democrat most of the time right, right. so yeah when but all the judges, judges running except one is republican when they're all the other ones that i know of are running are all democrats yeah i'm like all right i gotta research 15 people right now yeah the judges are hard too because they're they're not as active on social media but they're they're really important too i mean the things that they the, they have a lot of power and so that is something that I generally wait on the voter guides too. Like I do not have the capacity to it's send a lot. Freaking, you know, maybe it's something I'll think of in the future is to send. But like, who's going to respond to a survey from a political meme account on Instagram? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. People respond to a podcast and they come on my tiny little podcast. Maybe, maybe. I mean, people, I could especially politicians, they just want platform, baby. They want platform. Yeah. I mean, whatever. The point is, I usually wait for the voter guides too, um, yeah. because otherwise, I really don't know that. And I just like depends on people who I do know know exactly them. What's your opinion? You know, and that's how I do it, uh, which yeah. is how most things are done in New Orleans. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. This is one of those things people are gonna. Right. Do. It's not necessarily a good way to do it, but like I don't even know if all these judges have like campaign. What is a good way to do it? Before I was really more in, like entrenched in politics, I just took the anti-gravity voter guide every year and I would take pictures of it and then I'd go to the poll and I'd just go boop, 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 boop because I knew the politics of anti-gravity writers would line up with my own and I didn't want to do the research. And I don't have any problem with that. I would rather you go vote using a voter guide that you feel good about. You know, that's something that I was thinking about a lot. And I think that that's actually a really excellent point that you just made. I think something that's really important and valuable in finding your own political voice without becoming too overwhelmed is the first thing you should do is figure out the advocacy groups or yeah. the publications that are in alignment with you that you trust. For instance, I trust the Power of Coalition, mm -hmm. right? I trust Louisiana Budget Project. I trust those voices. And so when I have questions, for instance, about the constitutional amendments, there are eight of them. That's a lot, you know, and I didn't follow session as closely this year, so I don't know what all of them mean. And so the Louisiana Budget Project and also PAR has a great uh, rundown of all of the the constitutional amendments. And so if you find a group like that, Power Coalition, whoever else, like whoever you're like, 
you know, whoever you feel like you share a lot. The one that I really love right now is the Alliance for Affordable Energy. There you go. There you go. And so when you find groups like that and you trust them, take their lead because you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Like you don't need to do all these things over and over and over again. And like, that's what they're there for. And so I think that it's really important for like normal people like us who aren't as plugged in, who aren't doing this like crazy, I mean, I'm plugged in, I guess, but like, you know, who aren't doing all this like advocacy work. Yeah, like to really trust the people who are on the ground because they know. And, you know, and and a lot of times they give you context. They don't just say- Oh, at least anti-gravity always gives you context. I know that the, the Democratic Socialists, they release a voter guide that gives you a lot of context. It's Do funny doing one for this election because they are. Yeah. It's supposed to be out soon. I have a friend that said they're going to send it to me as soon as it's out. So yeah. I'm very excited because I want to wait to publish mine because those are like big resources that I mm-hmm. use because yeah. they do ask a lot of questions that are really valuable. Good. Yeah, know? they do good. I'm really, I'm excited to see what they say. Okay, well, um, I hope you do it soon because the ver- early voting started today. I know, I know. That's why I'm like, man, I wish we would have pushed the special election coverage sooner. I mean, whatever, we decided to do it kind of late, but yeah. it's better than nothing. And like, I'm, I agree. It's like, these guides need to be out like last year or I think, yeah, the last election I did, the, the guide came out like days before. And I was like, like I'm an early voter. So yeah, I, want that. I mean, well, I'm, I've did my mail-in ballot and everything. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I want, it, this just made me think about this other thing about voting when I was kind of an uninformed voter. Uh, I would just use you know, and I still use my voter guides, but I remember I've shared a lot on social media about who I voted for and what voter guides I used. And my mother, you know, in her very Southern way has told me like, you know, you shouldn't tell people who you vote for. And, and she's like, everyone's going to make their own decisions. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. Everyone is going to make their own decisions, but on the off chance that somebody aligns with me politically and they trust me and they just want to vote for whoever I voted for, I'm going to keep telling people who I voted for, because maybe it doesn't matter, but it like, it doesn't hurt me to tell people. I don't care. I don't care if people know who I voted for. So I stay talking about who I'm, who I voted for and pushing people to the polls and like guiding them to voter guides and all the things, because my mom is out of a generation. This is not against her, um, but she's, you know, she's Southern and of a generation where it's very much like it's impolite, but this impoliteness have, has gotten us to so many last places in Louisiana. We are the last place in so many things. And it's like, why are we being polite? Our state is getting laughed at and people are not being taken care of. I will not just be polite and button up and vote and not say anything. I will talk about it. I will point people to resources. I will beg people to be politically active. I love this this already. Let me show you something. Give me a second. Okay. One second. Sorry. I hope you didn't just see my ass. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. A Louisiana bra tote with my favorite thing that I always say. Ooh, yeah. Whoever taught you it was rude to talk about politics had something to gain from your silence. Absolutely. And and my mom is definitely, oh, no, no, she was taught that. She She was taught. Right? And I believe that. That is a rule that we have all internalized that is rooted in shame, that is perpetuated in order to keep us oppressed. Yeah. Period. Period. Because if you don't talk about things, I always think about this. You know, we all know that there's a gauge, uh, gauge, wage gap problem, right? Men make more money for the same jobs that women do, right? 
that's even more pronounced for women of color, right? And Louisiana is one of the worst in the country. The law that they try to pass every year in order to combat the wage gap, which fails every year in Louisiana, is called the Sunshine Law. The Sunshine Law, all it says is that it is not e illegal to talk about how much money you make at work. Because a lot of corporations say in your contract, you are not allowed to talk about compensation with any other employees. So they reinforce the wage gap just by not allowing people to talk about it. Yeah. That is the power of just talking about it. Because it wouldn't even mandate men and women have to make the same amount of money for the same no. job. All it would mandate is that we're allowed to talk about it. That companies can't put into their contracts. You can't talk about this. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So bring How that can people be against that? I, it, well, sometimes they hear things and I'm like. Politics, but it, that's how you maintain the status quo, right? That's how you maintain the status quo is by preventing people from talking about you know, hard topics about politics, sex, religion, money, race, everything. That's what we've all learned and internalized growing up in the South. You know, that you don't talk about that stuff. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about money. You don't talk about those things because it's rude. No, you can actually like, we're grown ass people. We have the capacity to talk about something and not be rude about it. I can tell you how much money I make and it doesn't have to be rude. I can tell you who I vote for and it doesn't have to be rude. The simple fact of me saying I did not vote for John Kennedy is not rude. No, it's not. You know, it These people are representing us. They are literally, understand the word representing. Mm -hmm. I should be able to talk about the person who does or does not represent me without someone thinking that I'm being impolite. impolite. There's nothing impolite. This person is, I'm paying tax money for them to exist. So they serve me and I get to talk about them in open court all the time, you know? Right. So I'm right there with you. Well, good. And no, no surprise there. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> well, I mean, we're winding down, so we should probably wrap this thing up, but okay. we obviously didn't go through every single election, but hopefully we gave some people some cursory thoughts about what is going on in this Louisiana election? You can early vote now until, I don't know, it cuts off at sometime before the election. First. So the dates real quick, October 25th today from till November 1st is early voting with the exception of October 30th. It's closed on that day, which is a Sunday, this Sunday. Um, election day, so the last day to request an absentee ballot is November 4th. The last day to send it in, I believe, is like November 7th, but I'm not positive on that. So if you are looking for an absentee ballot, look into that. Yeah. Um, election day is November 8th. Well, Marcel, thank you so much. This has been such a delight. And to no surprise, it was <laughs> a delight. And I really hope that we've helped at least a few people. And if we've helped you, feel free to go slide into our DMs or comment on one of our posts on Planet NOLA or on Louisiana Bra. We would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching our first ever Zoom Planet NOLA yes, yes, or listening. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or listening for the first time. So thank you so much, y'all, and be in touch. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you again to this episode's guest. Planet NOLA is produced by Carrie Mulder and Mary Jacobs. If you liked what you heard here, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube or all your social media platforms and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Also... 
If you really, really liked this episode, think about subscribing to our Patreon, where we have tons of bonus content from this episode and more. It starts at just $5 a month, and it would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, y'all, and be in touch.